Something Good to Eat, Part 2. This all happened in the late 90s, when there was still a ton of hype surrounding the first Scream movie. It's hard to imagine nowadays, there being such a widespread fanfare for a horror movie, but it really was a cultural phenomenon back then. Every kid around my age that I knew absolutely ate that shit up. It was an obsession. So, for Halloween, it barely even seemed like a choice. Of course, Jared, Ant and I would be joining the endless droves of teenagers wearing black cloaks, wielding large prop knives and donning that iconic ghost face costume. I know, I know. Very original. It was Jared who'd proposed the idea of going street to street, terrorising little kids into handing over their Halloween collection bags. Can you imagine their faces? He said, with us dressed like this, waving about these knives. They'll probably shit themselves, Ant said. Let me explain some things. See, we were all at that awkward age where we were too young to drink alcohol, but too old to trick or treat, so we agreed to do this instead, because at least it would be something to do. Yes, we could have tried to persuade someone older to buy us alcohol, then drank in the park or something, as many our age would be doing, but the big issue was Jared's ultra-religious father. A couple of years back, his brother Dean had arrived home drunk and his father had beat the ever-loving shit out of him, leaving him bedbound for two weeks and he was 16. And Dean's his favourite, Jared confessed to us on one occasion. He'd probably kill me if he ever caught me drunk, not even exaggerating. So we stuck to the plan, hopping from one group to the next, gathering as much plunder as we possibly could. We tried to focus mostly on small groups and on children lacking parental escorts. Once again, I must reiterate that it was the 90s, so plenty of kids were entrusted to roam freely at much younger ages than they are now. Ant was howling with laughter after snatching a bag off a Batman all out on his own. Did you see his fat face? He said afterwards. Those tears had a long way to go to get to the bottom of his sick chin. You did him a favour, Jared said. The wee piggy might have to go home and eat a salad now instead. They both cackled. I didn't laugh, however. I felt hollow inside. It was nowhere near as fun or as funny as I first thought. In fact, I was noticing that I felt that way about a lot of the stuff Ant and Jared were doing recently. Listen, I'm not claiming innocence or even asking you to feel sorry for me, because I was there too and know I'm guilty by association, at the very least, but if it counts for anything, I do feel bad for those years of my life. I do regret not being braver and sticking up for my values. I would like to tell you that I stay awake many nights and think of the faces of all those kids, but the truth is that only one face from that night keeps me up but I'm getting ahead of myself. Jared, perhaps noticing me, draped his arm over my shoulders and said, you need to be stealing the next bag, okay, Sean? Yeah, you haven't taken a single one yet, Ant said. I gazed through the gaps in my mask into the gaps in theirs, realizing that this wasn't a request. So I told them that I'd do the next one. Good man, Jared said. I felt a sinking stone in my stomach as minutes later, we rounded the corner and I saw her standing there, under the light of a waning crescent moon. It was almost perfectly set up, with the little girl in the yellow raincoat facing the complete opposite direction. There were no other groups or cars to potentially bear witness. It was totally dead. Go on and get her, Jared said, slapping me on the back, half encouragingly, half threateningly, when I'd hesitated. After a swallow, I crept up to her. Everything was so clear. Even though I tried to be quiet, I heard every crunch of every footstep. Hell, I could even hear a pulse in my throat. Somewhere, a dog barked and a car horn blared, but those were both distant sounds as I snatched the heavy bag right out of the little girl's hand. 
It was so bizarre, because I delayed my escape as I waited for her to turn, to cry, to protest, to plead, to basically make me feel so bad that I would instantly return the sweets. Instead, she continued to face away from me, so I left her to it and tried my best to convincingly laugh along with Jared and Aunt. Jesus, Aunt said, admiring the collection bag now in my possession. That's more than we've got in the rest of our bags put together. It's heavy, I agreed. You hit the jackpot there, Sean, you lucky bastard, Jared said. I did not feel especially lucky just then. Why do you think she didn't react? I asked. Like, could there be something wrong with her? Aunt snorted. Must be retarded or something. I felt like I'd been punched in the gut after that remark. Before we left the street behind, I glanced once more over my shoulder and saw that the little girl was gone. Trick-or-treating usually only lasts until around 8, when the parades and fireworks start up. So when the time arrived and all our targets dried up, we made the trip out to Ardwood Road. Then we sat there, on the wall that bordered Ardwood Graveyard. Why go to a graveyard on Halloween, you might ask? Weren't we all basically asking for something terrible to happen? My answer to that is very simple. We were teenagers. We were teenage boys who always felt like they had a point to prove to ourselves and to each other. It was Ant who proposed the idea, and when it was out there, nobody wanted to be the one who pussied out. Ant stood at the edge of one of the graves and loftily announced, Samantha Freel died 1958 from a stray cum shot. Jared lingered over another grave. James Barnfield died 1961 from ruptured intestines after getting too many cocks up the ass. Both of them nearly fell over laughing. I ran my fingertips against my slick, sweaty palms. Jared unzipped his trousers and began pissing on the pebbles and flowers. Ant was on the ground, gasping for breath. Come on, Jared, don't be at that shit, I said. Sean, fuck are you on about? There's nobody about and it's not like James will care. The cunt's dead, isn't he? Yeah, what's up with you tonight? Ant asked. Nothing, I said. Must be on his period, Jared said. I just don't think it's funny. Well, you need to get a sense of humour, Jared said. Soon, we lay down on one of the paths and began eating as fast and as ravenously as we could. Or at least, Jared and Ant were eating as fast and as ravenously as they could. I sat there with the big bulging bag at my feet. When Jared noticed this, he pointed the prop knife at me and insisted that I begin eating too. I popped a single sour ball into my gob and let it roll around on my tongue. Jared ripped the bag away from me. Just give it here. I watched Dolly as Ant and Jared tore into the bag and ate fistfuls at a time. There was something weirdly desperate in the way that they ate, like a couple of fellas who had been starved and hadn't seen food in weeks. As I considered this, the sour taste in my mouth suddenly turned putrid and I felt something wriggle against my tongue. I gagged and spat it out. I watched, wide-eyed, in stunned horror as a big black beetle scurried from the path, disappearing into the fine grass on one of the graves. My stomach heaved, threatening to empty as I glanced over the collection bag and noticed that the bulges within were now moving. Words tumbled out of me in place of vomit. I think there's something in the bag. Ant was the first to break whatever spell those sweets had held over him. As he glanced to the bag and saw them spilling out, more beetles, worms, spiders, earwigs, centipedes and maggots than seemed possible, he held fistfuls of bugs. Some of their legs, wings and shells were half eaten and plastered across his face. He spat them out and made ugly, revolted noises. What the fuck? What? Involuntarily, he hitched forward and promptly threw up into the grass. This was what finally broke Jared's hypnosis. He stood, his eyes were wide, 
instead of spitting, his lips just came apart, allowing a ball of condensed bug matter to slide out of his mouth and plop onto the ground. He wiped the slime from his lips before he faced me with a blazing, hot expression. Is this some kind of joke, Sean? You think I did that? I exclaimed. But they were sweets, and said. His complexion was sheet white. I know they were. I know they were. Jared stepped towards me. I thought that we were about to come to blows, because I had never seen him so angry in my life, and he wasn't exactly renowned for his calm disposition. But I was saved from having my ass handed to me in a paper bag by Aunt, exclaiming, Who's that? When I glanced down Ardwood Road, immediately I knew that it was her, that it was the very same girl with the short blonde hair. She was facing away from us again. She was all alone again. It was her bag, Aunt yelled. Some redness had returned to his cheeks. Jared, finally finding an appropriate target to direct his anger at, wrenched around, pointed a finger at her and roared, Go up and see what the fuck she's doing, Sean. No, I said. He shoved me. The fuck did you say to me? There was something animal in his eyes now, as if all reason had taken a back seat. No, no, reason wasn't in the back seat, my instincts informed my conscious mind. Reason isn't even in the boot. Reason jumped out of the fucking vehicle. No, I repeated, more from muscle memory than any serious conviction. He grabbed me by the shirt and threw me to the ground. I sat there, dazed, as he veered around to Ant and said, You go on and see what's up there. Ant shook his head. Let's just get out of here, Jared. Something's not right. Jared glanced between both of us. Fair enough. Fair enough. If you're both going to act like a big pair of pussies, then I'll sort it out. Wait, Ant said. No, you had your chance. Now fuck off the two of you. Ant and I did not fuck off. We remained where we were and watched as Jared strolled up to the little girl. When he reached her, this time she did turn around, snapping to face him. The high-pitched sound of surprise was so unlike Jared that hearing him make it was enough to cause a cold blade to tear down my spine. Even the mere memory of it causes that same cold cut all these years later. I thought that I could see the girl's mouth moving, and although it was dark, it seemed to be much larger than it should have been. I also saw from Aunt's slack-jawed expression that he was every bit as horrified as I was. The little girl began singing, Trick or treat, trick or treat, Give me something sweet to eat. Cookies, chocolate, jelly beans. Happy, happy Halloween. Immediately, Jared hit the ground and began shaking, writhing and frothing from the mouth. His head whacked the concrete over and over and over. The little girl bent down. Her mouth opened wide, but it was more like the peeling of a carnivorous exotic plant than anything human or even animal. Both the bottom and the top of her head peeled apart to reveal empty space surrounded by jagged teeth, which glinted like barbed wire. I heard a ripping sound, like clothes tearing, and after that something that sounded like wet meat, like something from the back of a butcher shop. I was frozen to the spot long enough for Jared to become lucid again. Then I saw him mouthing, begging me to help him. That was when I unstuck myself from the ground and became aware that Ant had done a runner. I ran after him as fast as I could along that empty stretch of road where not a single car passed by. It's funny, because I'd never run so much as a mile in my life at that point, and I knew there were at least two and a half miles between Ardwood and Duncraig, and yet, I made it to the ladder in what seemed like the blink of an eye. It was my burning chest and aching cows which contradicted this perception. When we finally stopped to catch our breath, I said, We have to tell someone. We have to get them to call the police. He's dead, Sean. He's long dead. But, and pointed, 
His finger was so close it was almost touching my face. Listen to me, we never talk about this, okay? Anyone asks, and we lost track of Jared earlier in the night. Nobody will believe that. They'll have to. And I kept that promise, despite the fact that Ant and I never really spoke as friends after that. I never did tell anyone else. Yes, I have heard the true crime podcasts that have tried to romanticise Jared as this smart, empathetic, kind young man. I have also seen the nauseating documentary series. I know what a lot of people online theorise about what Ant and I might have done that night, for nobody else could pin down our location, but the police did their investigations and never could convict us of anything, because ultimately we were innocent of all crimes, aside from trespassing. Ant has said his part on camera, but I've always turned down the interviews, not because I'm afraid of being incriminated. Worse, I'm afraid I might be tempted to tell the truth. So you might ask, why come forward to tell it now of all times? The truth is because I'm afraid. There have been a lot of rumours lately. Stories about people receiving knocks at unusual hours of the night. There are also reports of people going missing from their homes, with no signs of forced entry. Now all that Jared stuff is being drudged back up again too. Maybe people will someday close in on the truth. But I don't know. Sometimes I think I can hear a song, trailing in the wind. Unsure if it's just paranoia, or if she's really out there. In the world slowly making her way to my door. I hear her sing, Trick or treat, smell my feet, give me something good to eat. If you don't, I won't be sad, I'll just make you wish you had. <laughs>